johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Right, we're back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Your host, Eric Jonathan Pappy with Constantine Mikael Safir. What's going on, buddy? Look, man, a lot of people don't know what Mikael is, so it's just easier to say Mike. No, I, I right got to say Mikael, baby. Nah, Listen, I know, have, I know. How's the Boris treating you? Do you like Boris? I'm just curious. No, no, I'm not. You know what? I used to be when I was a little kid. We're going um, to call the show betting, betting and borscht. Go ahead. Betting. That's how I like that. I like that. No, when I was a kid, I really enjoyed it. It's a cold soup for those that don't know. Um, it's like the Latin um, version of uh, gazpacho, right? Very similar. Yeah. So it's a beet cold soup and you serve it with sour cream and, um, it was good. I don't know. I remember as a kid, my grandmother would make it, my mom would make it, but then the older I got, I really liked cold soup. I mean, sorry, hot soups more. I think as soon as I we moved here from the Ukraine to Maryland, um, once I started having crab soup, it's like I never went back. I think it's what happened. So when you when you took when you took the now wife over to meet the in laws uh, for the first time, did your mom make her a nice fresh cold bowl of borscht? <laughs> No, um, there's another soup that's another cold soup um, that is, uh, it's called Harsha, and um, you would like it. It's spicy, uh, cold, it's it's really good. But no, the wife's not really actually a soup person at all. She uh, like any of the uh, Ukrainian-Russian ethnic cuisine? Yeah, she, she will. She likes, uh, she likes the caviar, so we, not the, the fine... For what you think caviar is that the little tiny eggs, like black right, caviar, right. it's not like that. It's the large red fish eggs. And what we do is we put it on bread with butter, and it's more of like an appetizer. It's probably one of my favorite apps out there. My mom always has fresh for me every time I go over there. So she does like a lot of this stuff. Um, she's weird. If she doesn't hasn't tried something, she usually won't unless she's in the mood, but once she actually tries something new and she likes it, she'll have it over and over again. So, you know, it's a process. I don't expect her to like it all, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't really eat now that my, um, my grandparents on both sides have passed. I don't really get that, you know, 
authentic. We have a lot of restaurants around here, though. We have a lot because we have a I huge do. No, I'll go to, but they're, it's not the same. I mean, they're good. And you know, I go to all my dad loves those restaurants. We go to them all the time. Well, you know how it is. Home cooking is different than restaurant food, even though they try right. to imitate it. It's it was just different, um, especially in my family. No different than when you go to you know Thanksgiving and your mom or, or you know grandma makes the food. It's just it just hits different. So, but you know my mom still goes. We have uh, uh, it's called Euro Food Market where they they still give you the you know it comes all down from New York where it's still really good Ukrainian deli Ukrainian salads. So she still goes. And so let me ask you something, and then we're moving on to yep. sports. Prior to this debacle, you, you would just say Russian. You wouldn't say because I never heard you say Ukrainian for yeah. ten years. It's 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 literally programming over the last couple years too. Like your to dad switch. completely. Like in the old days, you just ask someone where you're from. Eh, Russian. Yeah, they, well, that was so they the, speak the, Russian. What's funny is my dad um, when they went on a cruise. He wore Ukrainian shirt. DR, yeah, he doesn't yeah, want he doesn't want to get misinterpreted because of his accent as being Russian because he thinks like or the rest speaking of the world. Russian they hear him speak Russian. or speak right so he's like makes it known everywhere he wore if he went out to port on the cruise he's wearing this Ukrainian shirt every time but look it's a different world you just Ukrainian have to, you gear know, is like Baltimore Oriole gear it's gone up in demand it's gone up in demand I actually just got a brand new. October, roll into October sweatshirt with the Baltimore Orioles. We're going to be starting the series here over the weekend. I think the first game is Sunday. We'll see. We'll see who we play I, right I expect now. Them, I expect them to be playing Texas. Well, Texas gets the job done today. I would rather see Texas than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's tough, man. Well, you, you remember in June, they didn't lose, and then they lost in July. And uh, and the Orioles caught up because we were like seven games behind in the division at one point, and then they we kept winning and they kept losing in July, and we we took the lead and we never looked back. So it was a very very fun ending to the season. We have a lot of young talent that we brought up through the AAA AA system through our farm system as well as the draft. And there's a lot of good things. I mean, it's I, you probably didn't know this, but who do you think has the largest? And you probably don't know this, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Who I mean, do if you think sports has the related, largest, no, I don't know it, but go ahead. Well, I'm going to ask you anyway. Who do you think has the largest contract on the Baltimore Orioles right now? Absolutely. Uh, oh, um, the catcher. No, he's a, he just he's he's. Second year. Then is, is it that Felix uh, dude? Nope. No, he doesn't right, even I give play up. for the Orioles. Doesn't even play for the Orioles. Chris Davis. That's crazy. <laughs> Chris Davis, after he got that mega contract, um, never was the same again. He had the strikeout. He, he led the league in strikeouts. Yeah, I think he has the you know it's the league record in strikeouts in a year. But he's still get you know, and baseball's funny like that. You'll still get paid. You know, it's why we have Bobby, Bobby Bonilla Day. He just, he's still getting paid years after his retirement because that's how these contracts are structured. So it's a, it's a really fun time here. We're not used to since I remember I went to the last playoff game when we played the Royals back in 2014. So we haven't had the playoffs since then. Um, 
So it's very exciting. The ALDS, I hope it actually does go to a third game and Tampa Bay does win today because what happens is that means those teams won't have those top pitchers available for game one because they wouldn't have enough rest. So, because they're probably in, in game three, they're going to send out a top dog again. But well rested. I think it does, you know, in, in baseball, it does matter to get everybody healthy. Felix is out. He had Tommy John surgery. So we'll have to have this World Series run. The Ravens look great after last week. We love them early in the week. We love them late in the week when the line went down. Obviously, we, when we did the show last week, last Wednesday, there was no injury concerns for Deshaun Watson. He got hurt in practice on Thursday with the throw and shoulder. So as the line went down, um, you know, I love them all the way. It's just, it, it felt like one of those why overthink it games. You know, the Sharps love them early in the week which our groups did, but as the line kept going down, um, we liked them even more. So this is one of those situations where now we have a month into the season. I remember doing the show, um, man, back in August, where we were talking about the AFC North being the toughest division outside of, you know, the other AFC division where you have the Bills, the Jets, um, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, but what it's looking like is it's not. I mean, the, the Steelers are hurting with the quarterback that's not even playing well is now hurt, so they're going to bring in a backup. The Browns are beatable. The Bengals stink. Again, injuries. But we have, look, we have 22 guys on the IR um, that potentially could come back, but we've lost a lot, as we do every year. But we're just trucking along. It looks like we have some good chemistry. The defense is playing well, and you know we just got to get healthy for the for the tough games. But we have the Steelers this week. But we're gonna we're gonna go down and we're gonna talk about every single game in the sharp line and our opinions and our leans early. Doesn't mean we're gonna bet all these games today or give them out today, but at least we have some early leans on what the sharps have given us. Um, we have six games already posted. For our Telegram subscribers that were posted days ago, um, you're going to see a lot of college being posted later today as a couple other sharp groups have been delivering games to us today. We're just middlemen. We don't claim to be handicappers. I am. I claim to be a fan. You claim well, you, to be no, a I think you. Well, so let me interrupt. I think you have a you. You can have an opinion and take a side. Not that you're going to put your money, but you can be opinionated about games versus. <laughs> versus myself that I take pride in the fact that this is just a commodity like the stock market and I could care absolutely less about it all. It's just like a ticker on CNBC to me. That's all it is. That's all it ever was. And that's all it will ever be. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you can talk the rap game, the statistics, we're going to go through these games. You're the one breaking down these games, not I. I'm a, I'm a pure, hard-holded syndicate guy. They tell me what to bet. I just roll along and I put my nose down to the grind. And Well, the one, thing, the one thing that you personally, outside of collecting the games from the different groups, you are the halftime trader. It's not other Correct. groups. It's you personally. Yeah, but that's different. That's not handicapping. Well, it's not. none of it's handicapping ever, but... 
I'm just to give you literally. I when, I when I bet not last Saturday, not last week. Yeah, last week. So let's it was talk last about week. it. Last week we had Northwestern Northwestern game. Mm-hmm. So we had Northwestern plus fourteen and a half in the first half, mm-hmm. and then in the, the halftime score, I believe was ten ten. Um, and then we had uh, Penn State minus thirteen and a half in the second half, and I think the final score was forty three ten. Um, and you know, the reality is that's what trading is. You can bet both sides of the same game. If you live in Baltimore, Maryland, or in a state where there's horse tracks, the, 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 the horse that usually wins the race is coming from behind. They're not, they're not rolling out and never looking back. And a lot of these big spreads, these, that's what these teams do. They, they lay back, they conserve their energy and they wait. Um, and then they, they roll in the second half. Well, and, and just to be transparent for our listeners, we're not on the show to sit here and talking about only wins, wins, wins. We came out, all the sharp groups, I had seven different groups that I deal with. Last Saturday got absolutely crushed. Uh, one of our guys told us that he had one of the worst Saturdays that he's ever had. It's part of the business. Nobody's sitting here just talking about W's. We talk about L's as well. But on the other hand, we come back Sunday. We have a fantastic day. Get the job done. So on the week, not much damage whatsoever. But that's just the reality of trading sports. You're going to have good. You're going to have bad. And it's just part of the game. The key is no matter what, on those games on Saturday, we had a good closing number, which at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. One of our guys, D. Mill, who always talks about if his homework is done correctly and he's closing good, he is happy. Surprisingly, we had this talk many of weeks during the NBA season where we were winning a lot in NBA and he wasn't happy that the closing number wasn't great for him, which is fascinating because to a gambler, he doesn't care. If it's in the green and he's good and he's winning money, it doesn't matter how the game closes, he's happy. For a trader that's finding market inefficiencies and scalping, you know, pricing and picking off numbers that are soft and he's not closing good, he's not happy. So it's like, it's just a different way to think, which most betters or recreational guys, if they're not pros, don't understand and probably will never understand because we're dealing with groups that are sharp. They're getting out games early when they're betting games on Saturday and Sunday they're only finding better pricing than what they predict will be the better number versus their line and the public perception line. So for those that don't know or new listening to the show, we've had a lot of subscribers on my Instagram channel. We're constantly, I'm getting a lot of new blood people that have never dealt with us before that are very intrigued by our history, by our demographics and actually looking at this and saying, how do you look at this? Where are you coming up with the information for these games? So to the newbie that's never actually subscribed to us before and never heard it, these guys that we deal with, these sharp groups are originating a number. They make a number based on analytics and 30 years of data that they've had when they're actually been a pro. So if they set a number, then they look at the board. If the board is giving them 
a better number by three to four points, they're betting the game. It's as simple as that. There's no, I'm waiting till Sunday to see if this player plays. A lot of the stuff doesn't matter because certain players aren't worth much of a move. It's already factored into the spread. So most people don't have the bandwidth to look at games on Tuesday or Wednesday to really care about putting games in. They care about today. We're recording the show for our podcast while we're doing the show, but really we're doing the show on Wednesday live on air in Las Vegas where it's telecasted on um, Telestrial Radio, but we're live online where we're telling people the only thing people care about right now is the MLB four-pack that's on the board today for a recreational better. While we're sitting here putting out college football games that we already will release today for the weekend, and we've already released six NFL games. So it's just different. It's a different approach. There's a reason for what we do, and it's been methodical of what we try to output and produce a product that's going to continuously generate revenue season after season, year after year. I'm not worried about last week. I'm not worried about two weeks ago. I'm worried about how is this sample size going to produce between now and February when the football season ends. So it's different. It's not you know, traditional, most people are looking at, I need to win today. That's not I mean, You're talking about model. football season, but October 24th is the beginning of the NBA season, and then on mm-hmm. November 6th is the beginning of the college basketball season. So, you know, again, I go back to this, the, the, the sports-specific wager is not someone that really has a shot of beating the odds. If you're out there and you're listening, you just treat it like the financial markets. You don't care what's whether the stock's in the NASDAQ or whether the stock's in the Dow or the or the Russell 2000. It's just a stock. And if you have an edge low, you can buy low and sell high. You do it. And so the main thrust of the education is that you just don't worry about what shape the ball is. And it doesn't matter if you don't like NBA or if you love NBA or if you don't like college basketball or if you love college basketball, because in the end of the day, you're betting on a line. You're not actually betting on a team. With that being said, we are in Baltimore, Maryland. It is unseasonably, unseasonably, which I'm grateful as a road cyclist, warm. It's like 80 degrees, which I can't remember it being this warm ever. We know how it works. I'll say that, and then tomorrow it'll be like 30, and everything will be froze over. But this Thursday night, we'll start going over these NFL games. You got the Washington Commanders covering the spread. They just went up the street to Philly last week. They're home. And then you got the Bears, which found a way to blow the game. What was the third quarter score? They were up 28-3 to and lost 31-28. to Right. It was, look, it's, we actually. So now they travel to, they travel to Washington, D.C., which for all intents and purposes, this is the same thing as Baltimore because it's 40 minutes away. Uh, for people that don't know the geography, we could literally go to a Philadelphia game, a Baltimore game, and a commander game in the same day. I actually had a client that did that once. He went to a one o'clock Philadelphia game, drove to Baltimore for the four o'clock Raven game. And then the Sunday night game was at that time the Redskins and then went to the Redskins game. So he, he had literally three NFL games in one afternoon. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry about that. 
So um, what's your take on this game? Because to me, everybody's going to be betting Washington because they're going to do the opposite of what Brian Blessing, who's always on the show with us up in the sky, is going to say, throw out the last game, i.e., Miami posting up 70 the week before and then not even three touchdowns last week. If you throw out the last game, his Buffalo team gets the job done because, as always, Buffalo is Brian's team. And I got a little soft spot in my heart when Buffalo gets the job done for Brian. So with that, with that being said, what's your take on the, the, the breakdown of the betting habits on a game where a team just collapses in the third, fourth quarter going into the next Thursday night game on a short week? You know, it's a short week. Uh, the Commanders fought a war uh, against a divisional rival. And the Bears look better than they've had in weeks past. I don't see an actual flat-out better. Game. Wait, what did you just say? The Bears, they were up 28-3 in the third yeah, but They weren't even able to score points before. So you're got coming it. from a position. Now, the so you're saying the is, offense we, looked better regardless of their defense. I got it. Well, the advantage of what we put out um, Keep in mind, we'll I didn't watch one play, so I don't know how it happened. Well, we'll be transparent. We put out this game for our clients two days ago at plus seven. So anybody that's listening to the show and is on our Telegram channel got the Bears plus seven two days ago. Now the line, you can see five and a halfs all over the place. That's not a bet. We're not betting this game. We got a key number of seven. There's a huge discrepancy between five and a half and seven. And it's not even that the game is guaranteed to win. That's not what we're trying to do. The point is we got it at a flat seven versus now clients. If they decide to join today or tomorrow to the telegram channel, will be instructed not to bet the game, not to buy it to seven. We're risking small percentages on the game. We're playing the long game. We're playing the volume game and it's negative EV to buy a point and a half. EV stands for expected value. So anybody that tries to buy to the number in the long run, we're going we're gonna to lose because they're not disciplined. So we love seven here. I, I like the spot, no matter the fact that they lost the game. Um, we like the value from a, you know, from a handicapping side to give you an analysis strictly on the teams themselves in the game. The Bears look much better in terms of offensively. Their defense stinks. The Commanders looked much better offensively, but their defense stinks. They fought a much harder war, and they were now in a short week versus the Bears. They came out of it just losing to the Broncos, and they let up a lot of points, and they took their, you know, uh, they took the gas off in the second half and what transpired was a loss based on coaching they clearly could have easily won that game at the end they could have kicked the field goal instead of going on the fourth and one trying to get a very predictable run where everybody in the stadium not even on the field anybody on tv knew they were giving it to khalil herbert on fourth and one up the middle and that's exactly what they did and they got stuck so Denver sucks. The Bears are a bad team, but they can cover seven points versus another team that I don't believe is that good. Washington played very good well, last So week. let me ask you, so that, you know, I'm looking at the screens right now, multiple different screens, whether it's Spank Odds or Don Best, I have it all up. 
the fact that you grab seven where there's not a seven in sight, there's a six in sight, just goes to show you the validity of betting these games early. Of course. And that's, I mean, we've had last week wasn't really, um, there's no evidence of a clear public bet it the day of and lost. We bet it early and won. It didn't happen last week. The previous two weeks, there was four different examples that we've talked about on the show where it was relevant. So it's not going to happen every week. We're not going to constantly beat the public if they're beating that winning on the day of, but a key number of seven is huge in an NFL game. You saw this last week when the public went stupid heavy on Kansas City. Now, we didn't have a play on the game, but everybody and their mother loved Kansas City. Nobody predicted the outcome to be what it was at the end of the game. I don't care what you say about the Patrick Mahomes slide. He did that because the game was over. There's no value for him to score when he could just down it. The game's over. If they go in for the score, the Jets come back and score, kick an onside kick, score. The the play was to go down. All the betters are freaking out. Oh, my God, for fantasy purposes, how could he not just run at it? He's playing the game. He's not worrying about the spread. He's trying to get a W and nobody get hurt and get out of there with a W. That's all that really matters. It was close enough. So that's really the analytical side that most people don't want to engage because they're strictly hyper-focused about. Well, you know, it's funny. As you know, I'm a, I'm a futures trader as well, and I trade the markets. And, you know, again, it goes back to some of my most successful clients are the ones that get the, understand Kelly criterion, math betting, positive EV, and trading with the money management principles that they would apply to trading sports versus betting sports that they would apply to uh, the markets. And I go back to, for whatever reason, there's a disconnect after 35 years of doing this, which is, you know, the S&P 500, I say it every week. I'm going to just keep saying it. For the last 30 years, averages 8% return. If you're just a long-term index investor, you make 0.66% a month. People always ask me, what, your, what, you know, what, do, we, what do we do? We're trying to make 7% on every dollar wagered. That's a big difference. So for, so for people that, are, that can understand that, and again, this was mentioned in Spencer Cornelius' video on YouTube. I think we got like a half a million views on that video, Mike. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. I mean, we might be over a half a million video, uh, views now. Is, you know, you bet a million dollars on a Saturday. If you, if you make 70000 you are just killing it. You are killing it. And most people just don't understand that concept. of When you say to the average gambler 7% return, and you're not giving, and that's for every dollar spun, that's different than making 7% on a period of time or locking up your money in a bond for 5% or, an, uh, uh, or a high-yield index uh, uh, junk bond with some astronomical percentage in some company. So... From the business point of view, which is, again, different, which is why when people deal with me, they go to my website, ericpathy.com. They understand, you know, I have my daily selections, my weekly selections, and then I have, you know, my dime club. I have my high roller stuff. High roller stuff does not mean better picks in the world that we live in. It means, is this someone coming with a large enough bankroll that they're trying to make money on their money versus coming with a small amount of money trying to turn that into a lot of money? By doing parlays and nonsense that is what we call negative EV. 
So with that being said, let's move on. We got your select. Everybody knows our, our first play we bet this week was the Bears. The Bears plus the seven. I like saying the I can't just say Bears. I have to say the Bears. It just sounds better. <laughs> um, I got that stuck in my head from years ago. Let's talk about the rest of the board. So let's move on to Bills. I believe this is a London-England matchup, sir. And this is a 9.30 Eastern Standard Time game. They just got the job done putting Miami in their place. And now they're going to fly across the pond. And uh, what's your take on these 9.30 games? Last week, one of our sources, their highest unit play was, was it Jacksonville? Yeah. That's the funny part. They haven't even left. So they've been they in London for home. two weeks, chilling out, drinking tea, that having fun. It's like a home game for them. They're there every right. year because obviously you know the reasoning behind that. The owner owns an, uh, an EPL team, English Premier League. So he has a team there. So he brings the Jacksonville there. So it seems like it's almost like a home game for them. Um, it's really not, but it is. And they just play very well there year after year. This is the first I've ever seen where a team plays twice in England. And they don't, obviously, for if they're going to play twice, they're not going to travel back and forth. So they literally have stayed there for another, another week. So this is, this is a typical, before we get into the actual spread and the sharp move, because really hasn't really moved much outside of what we got it at six. Now I see five and a half at 13 different books well, as we're doing the so show. Well, you know, because again, I'm looking at deep screens, like, you know, the real deep, deep. Mm-hmm. The initial mm-hmm. number that nobody could get, we call this the outlaw line, you know, that initial number that gets put out that, you know, only the sharps of the sharps see. What do you think the initial number was before the game popped 2-6 in like eight seconds? What do you think the number was? Seven? No. Buffalo opened at three. Well, no. I mean, so to six. So it's not, that's actually, nobody would ever be able to get that three, by the way. But no, that's, that's not the outlaw line. That was the look ahead line from two weeks ago. Ah, got it, got it, got it. So that's, that's what you're going to see. If you actually, if I'm looking at next week's lines, like right now you can get the Ravens and the jet. I mean, the Ravens and Tennessee in London in two weeks at four, that's not a line that you could actually get. I mean, you could bet it now. But that's small a money. look-ahead line. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. So that's, that's a All very right, so let's, small... So let's, so we, got, we got, again, we're under the key number of seven, five and a half. Ja- Buffalo's traveling, Jacksonville's hanging. What are you saying? I mean, this was a play that, you know, I like six in this situation. Um, I don't like five and a half or five. Um, again, home game, no travel. This is a typical Brian Blessing eyeball test. No travel. They stay there. They're comfortable. They're focused. While the Bills could have easily an overreaction of last week divisional game, they're traveling. This was, you know what? Just, just to to be funny, because this is exactly what the game was a few years ago. One of our sharpest groups, Micah Smith, they won the DK contest when the Bills yeah, only a played the Jags. They won on this. Now, again, this was no sharp money. This wasn't specifically betting edges. There was This was called a Hail Mary where they had a two-team parlay with the Jags getting the points and under, and the final score was 9-6 Bills. This is pre-Trevor Lawrence. This was the year he was hurt. So the Jags were atrocious. The Bills were really good. 
and they got the job done. That was the one ticket that catapulted them to make other wagers to stay in first place in the DraftKings sports betting contest a few years ago. So it's funny that it's we're talking about it now, and they're in London now. This was obviously in um, this was not so, in again a few years ago. To notate, you're leaning towards what? I have the lean on the Jags. Okay. So let's move on to Houston, Atlanta. We got a one-and-a-half-point spread with Atlanta. Um, while their home team is favored in baseball to win the World Series, we're not worried about that in this matchup. We're worried about what the Falcons can, you know. To me, this is my rule of thumb for this is, you know, Eric's style, which is I'm not laying one. I'm laying the money line. I never lay one. I never lay one. If it's one, I'm laying the money line. I'm not doing that 21, 29 cents. I'm laying the money line. What's your take? You know, with me in the NFL, the games potentially could end in a tie, but it's very, very hard to do so. I, I like Atlanta in this spot. Personally, um, you're talking about coming home after being in England. They lost. They lost pretty heavily. They they came when they played home last time versus Green Bay. It was a we covered because we got the early line. I don't think the Texans are as good as everybody thinks. I know they're rising. The quarterback play he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. C.J. Stroud. I still like the Falcons. They're going to run it down their throats. I think they're going to win by three to six points. I made the line at four, and I'm getting value at being at one. So in this, I have a strong lean on the Falcons myself. If I was going to play them, then it would be I'd be on the land 30 cents on the money line and not even worry about the one. Because, again, it's too easy yeah. to – and it's actually – it's two in a lot of spots, so it's not one. It's really one and a half, two. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I bet them early. You can I'm find not. money lines at 30 cents versus land two. Psh, we have different it. strategies. We both like sharp numbers, but we're always going to disagree at some sort. All right, let's move it on down to the Carolina Panthers at Detroit. We're getting into almost, almost double-digit territory as they're laying nine and a half. And, you know, again, there's an auto-bet strategy. Anything over seven, you just take the dog. But you can't just blindly do that without a strategy. But I just thought I'd mention that. So what's your take on this? You got nine and a half, tens, and nine and a half floating around on the screen. I literally see right now simultaneously nine, nine and a half. I don't have no groups have instructed me on this game. Me personally, this is a wait-and-see approach. I don't find any value early in the week to, to be invested in this game. I'm going to obviously monitor it to see as we get to game time. But one really bad team, one really good team. Again, NFL is always a great barometer that no team is that bad. They usually win sometimes outright, a la the, the, the Cardinals a few weeks ago against the Cowboys. But that was at home. This is on the road. This could get very ugly. Or they could keep it close. Again, I think the line is pretty accurate to what the line I made on the game. So I have no edge whatsoever. And honestly, don't have a lean. If anything, might have a lean on the Panthers if it gets to a crazy number. But right now, I think the line's dead on. There's no real value to bet this game. In my All right, opinion. so I'm going to skip ahead. I was going in the order of the rotation, but I'm going to skip down. The only undefeated team against the spread this season. Do you know who it is? 49ers. No, clo- Los Angeles Rams. 3-0-1 oh, on, okay. cl- on the closing number. 
watch. Now you have a situation. I just wanted to pop down to that game, and then we'll go back up. Uh, Rams plus four, undefeated ATS against the Eagles, um, which are two and one and one ATS. I this home team dog have, spot, which again is you know. But I don't I, have a play on the game that my groups have given out because we're transparent. We're not going to give out all the games that we have, but. I will be honest about the ones that we don't even have action on at the moment. Um, I like the Rams in a lean here. Um, they're ha- they're getting a lot of talent back. One of their best players is practicing as of doing the show right now. He came off the pup, so he's off injured reserve. He's coming back. Cooper Cup could be a, an added dimension that this team hasn't had yet, even though they've had a lot of success with their very young receivers. Nakua's been playing extremely well. He's became the Cooper Cup of this offense in the first four weeks. Kyron Johnson running the ball extremely well, getting four at home, having Eagles travel across the country. I get it. It's a late start. They're not going to have jet lag, but it's still tough to travel. The Eagles team are susceptible to losing. You know, they're, they've been winning I'm talking about losing against the spread. They've been winning of late. They didn't cover last week. They're a team that has chinks in their armor, and they're, I just don't see the grinded-out game that they have to be against a Rams team that are pretty good up front. They're susceptible in the back end. So I think they're going to keep this game close. I could see this being a three-point game very easily, and the Rams getting the job done with getting the points. At home. So if I had any sort of lean, um, I would take the Rams with the four and a halfs if you could find any or even a five. I know FanDuel right now has four and a half um, at 105, so you could actually get five at 115, which is a pretty good price. So don't have a lean, but definitely something that I will be monitoring as the week goes on. All right, how about this? The worst team against the spread in the NFL. We go from the Rams the best to the worst. The team that is 0-4 against the spread. Before I tell you who it is, do you know who it is? I don't. The New York Giants. Huh? Oh, they stink. Oh, God, that game. So we got the Giants 0-4 ATS uh, plus 10.5. Listen to this. Three separate spots I'm looking at on legal shops, 10 and a half, 11 and a half, and 11. So, you, and they're going, they're flying down to Miami. So, bienvenidos uh, a Miami. They're coming down to Miami. They can't get the job done. They're 0-4. Digame, tell me, what's up? Oh, man, what a dumpster fire of a team. Again, no lean on this one. It opened at 11.5. You're still seeing a lot of 11s out there. There's even a couple 11.5s out there. It's I mean, you know the major stagnant. betting groups are going to be just – you know that we – not all of them, yeah, but some of the ones that we deal with. Some of them just – they do. They auto-bet the Giants. They they're they're auto-bet into the volume Giants. game. Right. Well, the advantage of what we provide on our platform is not for a client to get every single game that the Sharps are betting because they're auto-betting and they're strictly looking for a small edge to get volume in. What we put on our Telegram channel are the sharpest, largest edge games that have the largest line discrepancies from the Sharps. So 
We don't want somebody betting 30, 40, 50 games, which they can absolutely get on Saturdays. We want them to get the sharpest lines, the biggest edges, so you're captivating a larger ROI because you're more of a recreational to semi-pro. You're not an ultimate pro that's just trying to put in 40, 50 games a day. It's, it's not sustainable for somebody that has a life, has a family, has a job, and wants to spend time with their kids on the weekend. So this game, I know the Sharps will auto-bet it without caring about who the Giants are. Miami, in this situation coming, again, I'm, I'm a hybrid. I'm not just a Sharp. I am also an analyst. And I track the data. I track the teams. I also do a lot of eyeball testing, which the late Brian Blessing taught me and instilled in me for many, many years. I said it last week, a get-right game was going to be the Cowboys. Coming home, getting trampled in Arizona, everybody's jumping off the wagon. It's the same Cowboys team, get-right game. We were all over them at six on all our different platforms. Yeah, that was this cheap, is a yeah. similar. This is a similar situation. Not the spread, but I could see it happening. Miami is going to have to get a get-right game after scoring 70, being that dominant, to going up there to New York and losing, and now coming back home, playing the Giants, which are, I mean, they got sacked 11 times on Monday night. The worst performance. I, I can't even believe they're an actual NFL team of what they're putting out there. You know, we talked about this in the offseason. They gave Lamar all the money, and everybody was complaining, oh, why is he going to get all the money? They paid Daniel Jones $250 million. That guy looks like he's playing a high school, like he's a high school quarterback. So we're in a much better spot here as a Ravens fan with Lamar than, than Daniel Jones up there in New York. I think this is going to be a route. You know, I don't, I, I think the line is accurate. Um, I set Miami as a much more of a favorite, so there's no advantage for me and my analytics to bet the game because I think it's going to be worse. Um, but I just, I, well, I and, know, that's where, and that's where yours truly comes in at halftime. <laughs> well, that's true, exactly. And if you set the line as a bigger line in the NFL, it's very susceptible to a backdoor cover because the game is not close at the end. Miami doesn't care because they're going to be winning by a couple touchdowns, and it's susceptible to a backdoor cover. I, I know uh, one of our clients is listening in New York. He called me uh, Saturday morning. He said, I'm a little confused. You have Penn State for the game. You have Northwestern for the first half. And then at the end of the day, he goes, and then you come back with Penn State. And I said, you have to look at each wager as its own independent trade. You're not worrying about, like, Northwestern plus the 14-and-a-half, Penn State minus the 13-and-a-half. They're just trades within the event. They're not – this is where a lot of people make a mistake with second-half wagering, which is why I'm so successful with it, is because I'm using criteria that has nothing to do with, oh, the favorite should bounce in the second half nonsense, that if you just took every favorite that was down in the NFL in the second half, you would just get demolished. You and I both know that the auto-betting strategy for all the listeners out there, it's the opposite. You press the dogs. If you had no information, you would just press every dog that's winning at halftime in the NFL, and you would have positive EV at the end of the season. But you got to withstand the streaks where every dog collapses for a couple of weeks, and then every dog continues. So 
Again, I prefer not to do that. Obviously, just the way we only bet baseball, we only bet dogs, um, i.e. me killing it every... I don't think I've had a losing baseball season in 25 years betting dogs. No. Now, let's, let's move... Let's move on pretty quickly. Let's, well, let's move on to this Ravens. Raven. Oh, oh, no, no. We're going to finish with we're going to finish with the Ravens. Let's get through every other team we're going to finish. Uh, okay, with. okay, okay. We could so, do this. This could be a 2-hour show, but it's not, so we have to be quick. Let's do everything but then the right, Ravens. So, I'm going to let you pick a game that interests you instead of me telling. I'm looking at what's left. Um, I mean, or we can just go with that that Kansas City Chiefs um Vikings game um Let's talk about that one. Kansas City, you know, Mahomes going down on the knee. Everybody saw that. And now they're laying five and a half. Um, five, really, actually five at Minnesota. They're laying five, but I'm seeing fours at a lot of places. Fandle's got four. DraftKings has four and a half. <laughs> I'm just laughing. You're talking about some client. Some client Caesars has me. four. Some client texted me right after the game because I wasn't on him. And he, and he said, uh, he says, me and Hunt Mahomes are no longer friends. <laughs> <laughs> he was so bitter. <laughs> so it's fun. Before I get into this, just a quick 30 seconds. So I listen to a lot of fantasy sports talk radio in the car because it gets my mind off of the games for a second. I just need a, I need a break. Otherwise, it's 24-7. And I do fantasy with my friends. So this guy on Tuesday morning comes on. He's a guru. And uh, he said, I did it. I have no quarterback on my team. I dropped Daniel Jones. I don't care. Don't care. He's done. He's not on my team. Let somebody else deal with him. Like he's so angry in a funny way, but it's right. That's how much that's how much this game surrounds your day to day life. It's like you li- it's, you do it all in fun, especially with fantasy, not with sports betting, but with fantasy, you do it with fun. But like you're so integrated with every single player, every single play that it matters. So if you're going to put that much emphasis and that much time for your emotional stability, be on the right side. So you're actually making money at the end of the night and not just drowning in your sorrows because Daniel Jones sucks as a player, probably a nice person, nothing bad to say about him. Don't know him, but as a player is atrocious and is just getting you no points and you're losing and your friends are making fun of you. So onto the game Vikings, I think the line is pretty accurate. Um, don't see too much of an advantage. Honestly, if I go into this game, I would like definitely take the dog at home. I think the Vikings are much better than their record is. I think they have enough firepower. I don't think Kansas City is that strong to they could win games, but I don't see them. They're going to be just like last year. They're not going to cover nearly as much. So the fact that yeah, you they're currently five, two, they're like, currently two. Two and two ATS, right? Yeah. So it's this is an opportunity for this is the Viking season. They lose this game, they they might start trading players, but this is going to be a rat race. That's why uh, the total is fifty two fifty three. I like the four at home. If I could see a five six, definitely would be all over the Vikings. Don't have a play on this game, but if I had a lean, I loved any dog at home. I love, especially a team that's capable of scoring points. And it's not like the Giants at home. Yeah, so regarding totals for the listeners, uh, the highest total currently on the board is the Kansas City Vikings game at 52.5 in most spots. The lowest total on the board is the uh, Saints-New England game, 39.5 in some spots. 
So uh, just for, to throw that out there. Let's talk about, we'll go to the Sunday night game before we end on your, your, uh, your team. Uh, Dallas at San Francisco. What a game. three and a half points. This is the big one. This is the big one in the season so far. This is the two heavyweight three and one ATS, and San Fran is three and one ATS, and one of them is going to add a win, Listen, and one's no, going to add an L. Nobody, nobody gave us a play on this game. A lot of times, you'll notice a lot of sharps don't really get into the heavyweight matchups. To, look, they don't. It's America's team. The reality is, the line. If you like them, Dallas, you bet them now. It's going to go down to three, maybe even two and a half. You're not going to get the handle to I be like, equal. Um, on San- I like the other side. I like San Fran I at home. Do. I don't think but Dallas. Saying, public betting Dallas, money. I wouldn't Dallas. lay three and a half, but if I see, I'm telling you right now, anybody well, that's listening to three, the show. You'll get three. You'll get three. It'll go down. I, I, don't want, I don't want three. If I get two and a half. I may be on it at three, but that's something I'll wait because there's no value yet to do well, it. Well, everybody knows that if you're listening, the rush on the Sunday night game is we call this the island game. And we call it the get out game for people that deal with local bookmakers on credit. So this is the get out game. So this what happens is everybody gets destroyed at four if they get destroyed or they win a lot at four. And they're going to, whatever reason, they're going to press this 820 game. Remember, in the world that we live in, you know, this is something that's very unique that most people don't understand. While the Flash and Panache, we're doing this radio show live on 107.1 FM in Las Vegas and 1400 AM in Las Vegas, but let's make no mistake about it. 99, 80 cents of every dollar is bet on the East Coast. And it has been that way since I've been in the business for 35 years. It always will be. Obviously, the population center is greater on the East Coast. You have wide areas of open land. Yes, you have all these states where it's legal. You can look at the handles on Legal Sports Report, and Jersey pounds on Nevada in terms of volume. So does New York. So does Maryland. So does Delaware. So with that being said, we know at 8.20 Eastern Standard Time at night, between 7.59 and 8.15 East on Sunday night, all that East Coast money is coming, pounding in. And I guarantee you, people are going to be all over the Dallas Cowboys game. Yeah. I, I could see it. Um, I still love the Niners here. I think the Cowboys are overvalued. You saw on the road that they're not nearly as good of a team as at home. I don't. The Patriots are atrocious. I mean, look, they kept it close with the Jets. Yeah, the Jets kept it close um, with a home game, night game. They were obviously up for it, which makes a difference. You got to remember these night games. The players are that much more excited that much more in the zone because they're the, the world is watching them versus a one o'clock game. It's, it's just never the same turnout. That's why Seattle came in there and trampled on the giants on Monday night. Cause they're a better team and they played better that night, that night by far. San Fran has everything that you need to win a super bowl. They have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. They have two wide receivers that are elite They have a decent tight end, a very good offensive line, and potentially the MVP of the league, Christian McCaffrey. If you flip it to the other side, they have an edge rusher who's the best in the league. They have two all-pro quarterback, I mean, uh, linebackers, and they have a second-year safety that they didn't even have their starting corners last game, and they still covered 
late in the game versus the Cardinals, so they're going to get those guys back. Dallas is prone to mistakes. They are good on defense, but they're not great. They're beatable. They have a decent offense with one good wide receiver and a quarterback that is good but could definitely make mistakes. If you add all that up and you're not looking at value and you're just looking at what do you see from the eyeball test, the 49ers are better than them or or as even on every single side and position. So they don't excel at anything versus the 49ers. Now, again, this is a get-right game for both teams to really take a step, not even get-right game, to take a step in the division and be the head dog. And the 49ers are that team this year, bearing any injuries. I see two and a half. Every client will see it. That's my play of the week. I will love two and a half with the 49ers. They'll probably end up winning the game by much more than that. I don't see any game game script. And it proved me wrong. I'm not perfect. Prove me wrong. But I don't see the Cowboys winning this game. All right. Well, so now we got five minutes left. And as you know, I love this matchup for various, various reasons. I got pictures every year of my son wearing a Ravens jersey, my daughter wearing a Steelers jersey, their mother's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Baltimore. We've been going to war since the kids are zero. It's inbred in them. He's a Ravens diehard. She's a Steelers diehard. And the game seems to always be three. And wouldn't you know it, it's three and a half. Talk to me. I don't see that many three and a halfs. I'm seeing a lot of fours. I do see I'm a couple three and a halfs out there, but that it's, it's moving every day. Right. You know, as a sharp, I'm very certain groups are going to come with the Steelers on this game. I just, as much as I still like that bet because this game always lands on three, no matter if the Ravens are up during the game, no matter if the Steelers are up during the game, however it comes down, it always lands on three. We've been saying this for many years. So from a standpoint of year after year data, if you could get better than three, it's almost an auto bet. Um, but I just don't know the starting quarterback. For the Steelers, I could see this game moving worse. So if you're if you're actually trying to bet the Ravens and you could find threes, I'm pretty sure that's the smart play right now. Because if Kenny Pickett doesn't play, not that Trubisky is that much of a downgrade. He might even be an upgrade. Just simply he's not played the first team reps with the starters for the whole offseason and beginning of the season. Um, could spell disaster. The Steelers are playing very inconsistent week to week. You're seeing that, you know, that basically I call it bipolar playing. One day they're one thing, the next week they're completely different. You're not really sure their identity. While the Ravens consistently, even though they lost to the Colts at home, that's an anomaly. They should have won the game. They're consistently playing good defense. Typical, typical Homer. Typical Homer. 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 So I'm, but go ahead. <laughs> like I said, my lean, if I knew the starting quarterback, I would lean on the Steelers as much of a Ravens fan. I still think the Ravens are going to win the game. I mean, they went, the Steelers went to the Raiders and took care of business, and then they go as a three point favorite to the Texans and get blown out. <laughs> 
thirty to six. Like you said, bipolar. So I'm saying, you just don't know. Bipolar. You just don't know. The Ravens have consistently produced. Even in that loss, they should have won the game. It was really more to coaching, the weather, and lack. You know, of I have a different theory the on that game. Just not that it matters now, but I, I, I think that Lamar. He came out. They went down like a knife through butter. They went up seven nothing. And I think what happens is where in, in a lot of you almost. It, can be a demotivator. I think there's something to be said for playing from behind or playing tied. You just, I could see that I've watched very little games and I watched basically that play. And then obviously I was off to the second half trading. Um, but it just seemed like they weren't hungry. It was like, Oh, we got this. We're going to roll all over the Colts. This is easy. No, it's, it's, if you watch the rest of the game, it was a lot of injuries. So by the second half, you're looking at a decimated roster where we lost Odell and Bateman in that game, where now you're, you have all these second and third string wide receivers, really back to what we had last year to start the year when Bateman. Well, I want to say hurt. one thing because I know that music up. will be coming down soon. This will be archived online at Spotify and on SportsInsiderRadio.com. And I'll let you take it to the music, and we'll be back with another week like we are every Wednesday for the last decade. Talk to me. Take it away with the Ravens going in. How about those Orioles? What do you do? You give them any shot? Orioles are making it to the World Series. They are. Wow. I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll be back next week. Talk next week. Yep.